Hey friends, welcome to Waterworks episode 31, Prayer as Listening and Stillness. But before we jump into my conversation with Missy, I want to let you know about a couple awesome things that are happening. First uh, is the book Fierce Grace. It is my first full-length book, I guess, and it is available on Amazon, and you can get it there on Kindle or paperback. If you want a signed copy, you can go to our website, www.waterworksministries.org, and in the store tab, uh, you can select um, book purchase. And so we'll send it out to you, and it'll be signed, and that is super exciting. Our other announcement is that we are expanding our practice of spiritual direction and coaching. And so we have several more open slots available for this summer, beginning in June of 2019. And so if you've been on the fence about whether or not to do spiritual direction or coaching with us, or if you have a goal that you'd like to achieve, coaching is great for that. If you're looking to grow closer to the divine or just look, looking or wondering for how you can experience more truth and beauty and goodness in your life, spiritual direction is great for that as well. So go to our website, uh, contact us. Uh, my contact information is there, or you can send us a note through the contact us page. Yeah, I think that's it. So excitement all around. Welcome to, again, episode 31 of season three, which is Unleash Your Badass Joy Enthusiast. And so one of the ways that we do that is through prayer. Now I have to give a slight disclaimer about this episode. It is not an episode about how to do prayer specifically, but how to, or I should say, how our lives have been changed because of prayer and how our prayer lives have changed over the last several years. So we reference several different means of prayer, different ways of praying, and those include imaginative prayer, centering prayer, stillness and silence, different kinds of breathing techniques, and so if you're not familiar with imaginative prayer or centering prayer, please follow the links in our show notes first and get an idea of what those things are and then come back and listen. And I think that'll be much more meaningful and encouraging for your journey if you look at the show notes first and follow the links and then listen to the podcast. We don't go into a lot of detailed explanation about how, what the things are and how you do it and those kind of things. So wanted to give that encouragement to you to look at our show notes, follow the links, and also the couple books that we reference are also in the show notes. So without further ado, here is Missy and my conversation on our current prayer lives. All right, party people. I am Karen Weiss, and my co-host is with me again today, Missy Schoonover. Hello, party people. So, um, 
This past Friday, we had my book launch party for Fierce Grace. And first of all, it was awesome. So thank you to those of you who came out for that. Um, secondly, I found out that more people listened to the podcast than I expected. And we got some very interesting feedback. We did. Um, we did. Some of the things, well, one of the things in particular uh, that we do realize is that we are pretty intense. Um, it's, it's who we are. We're, we have been compared to freight trains, I think, as we said in the personality yes. episode. Yes, if you're new um, to the podcast and, yes. and you do want to see a flavor <laughs> for who we are, if this is your first listening, or maybe you've only listened to a few, and, and you're not quite sure maybe why someone would say that um, you know that critique that, that we come across <laughs> a, little, a little strong, Please, I encourage you to listen to the two yeah. episodes on personality because we're very transparent in our halos and our warts. Yes. And, and pitchforks. And pitchforks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, and the best one, uh, the best comment that we got, which we think is incredibly hysterical, is that when we think we're being full of whimsy, um, we apparently don't know what whimsy is. <laughs> yeah, we were. That was that was a little sad to oh, hear because we thought we were being whimsical and funny, okay. but apparently we were just being scary and or less intense, maybe yeah, less intense. <laughs> we thought it was whimsy. Who knew? Who knew? But uh, thank you for your continued listening, and um, don't forget to pick up a copy of Fierce Grace. You can get it on Amazon, either in Kindle or paperback. Or if you want a signed copy, you can go to our website, www.waterworks.org, and click on the store button, and you can order a copy um, and pay through PayPal. So, without further ado, this is prayer part two. That was whimsy. <laughs> Maybe we should have like a cowbell or something. When we think that we're being whimsical, we could, we could have a... a, a phone maybe maybe that'll be on another podcast yes and i because i have a cowbell at home in my junk drawer i, I know, know exactly where it is i know <laughs> that was whimsy yes so yeah we're that my sad attempt at whimsy <laughs> so the first prayer episode we talked about the last episode uh, it was a lot about communication with how where did we come from in terms of how we thought about prayer, praying scripture, talking to God, praying what we think or feel comes into our heads or hearts and through our mouths. A lot of verbal type prayer, which is fantastic. Those are all ways of connecting with God. And there's a second part of it too, which we've both had to learn in different ways, which are more nonverbal ways of listening. How do we how do we make time to hear what God wants to say to us in response to what may be a single word of a prayer or you know a giant word vomit? where we're just incredibly frustrated or sad or whatever it might be. And so we're just like 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a hard that was a hard lesson for me to learn, you know, back in the day and newsflash, you know, still hard yeah, for me to learn yeah. is that prayer is not me talking to God all the time. Like maybe God has something to say. Maybe, maybe, maybe he has something to say to me. And if I'm spending all my time word vomiting at yeah. him, no matter how pretty it might sound or, yeah. you know, or, or whatever, or how I'm doing it, I can be praying all the right things. But if I'm not taking time to listen, then it's a one way conversation. Yeah. And that's not a conversation at all. Mm -mm. And one of the things that I encounter pretty frequently in my spiritual direction practice uh, are people coming to me because they're discerning something. They're looking to make a decision about something in their lives and they want to include God in the process. And so... I'm laughing because many times we say we want to include God yes. in the process, but... <laughs> yes. And the people that I meet with, they do. They do. Um, but... There can also be this learning curve when we first start talking because I'm, I ask very specific questions in terms of how do you listen to God? How do you know that God is speaking to you? Um, you know, whether it's gut-centered, heart-centered, or mind-centered. Um, you know, how do you feel when, when God is present with you? Like, are there our tangibles, you know, things like that. And it's fascinating how often people blink back at me like SpongeBob SquarePants mm -hmm. and say, I, I'm not sure how to hear God's voice in my life. Mm -hmm. Discernment can't happen if you don't know how to hear God's voice. Um, Period. That is, yeah. That's an absolute. <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. uh, like, for Missy and I, if you do listen to the personality, especially the Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. part, we are both, we are incredibly high ends, the letter N, mm -hmm. which stands for intuitive or intuition. And so we are, we know in our gut, or I should say, I know in my gut, you probably know in your heart. I, I but, feel it in my heart, and then it is almost always confirmed with what in my family we lovingly refer to as rumbly belly. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Lord speaks to rumbly me belly. through the rumbly belly. Um, so if Would you like to describe what that is exactly? The rumbly belly, it's clearly just by the words, <laughs> I hope you're getting a mental picture that it is not sunshine and butterflies. You know, early on I thought, well, if God is speaking to me, I should feel this calming peace, like I'm floating in water, warm water. No, the Lord gets my attention by making my stomach feel like I have food poisoning without the <laughs> physical result of said yeah. food poisoning. He gets my attention through my gut so that I have no choice but to stop and, and say, and wait a second, why am I feeling the rumbly belly? But it is, it, it, it does start in my heart. But if I do not stop and listen, then look out. And it goes to other. It goes to the rumbly belly. Okay. Yeah. Because you are a three on the Enneagram, which is heart-centered. Yes. And I'm a one, which is gut-centered. Mm -hmm. um, but both can be 
you know, all three um, gut, heart, mind can all be very intuitive. It just depends on, you know, where where that knowing comes from. So and, and with the heart, you know, many times I will know that the Lord is speaking to me because he does it through tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not typically an, a person who, you know, I'm not going to cry at a movie or that mm-hmm. type of thing. I might snicker at people who do. You know, that's whimsy. Hello, listeners. This is me being whimsy. I don't know. I uh, think actually I've seen maybe that a happen. little bit. <laughs> okay, a little bit. But if I ignore, if I ignore that, mm. like I don't immediately get the rumble. But yeah. if I'm ignoring, for whatever mm. reason, I don't like what the Lord is saying to me, it scares me, I don't agree, you know, yeah. when I get in the way. So it can be a combination of really everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the first things in terms of listening is we have to know how God is speaking to us. And when I was going through the dark night, I lost my old ways of knowing how God was speaking to me, I didn't have, my intuition felt like it was an empty bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how else to describe it. Or like, yeah. or an empty bag or something. There was just, like even if there were words in there, it, it didn't feel full like I was used to. There um, were There were a few times during that time, and I don't even know, that Karen remembers this, but it just, it struck me because a few times during that time, Karen made the analogy to, I'm making deposits into this bank account. Do you remember this? No. You were like, I feel like I'm making all these deposits and I'm crying out to God and all he's doing is withdrawing from me and he's not putting anything back. I remember that so clearly. Oh, snap. I don't remember saying that. Because emotionally you were feeling abandoned and you were feeling, but then as we came through that, your listening became much better because you were still talking at God. Yeah. So the listening became key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the analogy wasn't true Mm -mm. at all. So hear us. Yes. But it was your perception. Your perception. (laughs) Yes. My perception was very much that God had abandoned me. Yes. And I I shook my fist and and a whole bunch of other things um, in relation to God. But we were at a conference and one of the speakers, I don't know, he, I don't even remember what his name was, but he had this workbook called Hearing the Voice of God. And I got the workbook and I started to... Like Missy's laughing because I remember this so she well. she knows that I don't appreciate a workbook generally. Um, I will like if you right now like and and I've pretty much stopped this and I'm on like day nine, um, like this business development mm-hmm. kind of how to network thing. Um, I have a really hard time having people tell me what to do. It's yeah, it's, it's my personality. But so, but I was so desperate. I think that's the only word that could be used. I was so desperate to hear what God might be saying to me that I bought this workbook. I remember. And it was one of the best things that I had ever done. It like was... that transformed the way that I listened. It was guiding you into your current 
day practice of journaling. Yes. Is what it was doing. It was the tool that you needed, and mm-hmm. God brought it to you in the most unlikely oh, way. Yeah. Because you weren't listening. Mm-mm. So he. I used, thought I was. So he used, and I, I remember the man. He has a salt and pepper beard, and yes. I can't think of his name, but um, it was wonderful. Yeah. And it's uh, it worked. And so I still, even like to this day, if I'm having a really hard time with something, or I feel like I'm stuck. Or, you know, something needs to be shifted in my life, I will write conversation. And that's what this, um, that's what this workbook basically told me to do. But write down what you think you're hearing from God. Read it. If it seems like it could be from God or you're not sure, take it to a trusted friend, spiritual director, coach, pastor, whoever, and have them read it and see what they think. Um, I don't think I ever did that because even all through the dark night, my intuition was pretty strong still. So like if I would write something down and then read it, I would be like, oh, no, I don't think that's from God or... You never lost that. No. um, Gratefully, I, I never lost that um, that really deep knowledge or, or discernment aspect of things. Um, but everything else went away. Pretty much. So, so now, like I will write down my conversations between me and wisdom, or if you get the book, Fierce Grace, I talk about uh, having a conversation with a suitcase and wisdom. <laughs> yes. And... Like, that was, you know, that was a really hard conversation to have because Jesus and I were sitting on the sidelines and wisdom and suitcase were going back and forth with heart. And it was just, yeah, but I had to write it down because I couldn't, I couldn't hear any other way. Um, And although words were involved, it was, you know, it was, it was very nonverbal. It was kind of like watching a movie screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you felt very, it, this is going to sound incredibly peculiar, but you were very detached, mm-hmm. but you weren't detached. Yeah. Like, you were more closely tethered to the Lord at that yeah. time than what you realized, but mm-hmm. you felt very detached. So, yeah. so during that time, there were days that you felt very, it, it was very strange. It was mm-hmm. this whole new experience for you. Yeah. And we're not talking about the dream with me and heart and suitcase. No. We're talking about like back several years ago in the dark night. Yeah. The the, the heart and suitcase, that could be like three podcasts just to <laughs> unpack all of that. And might be. And it might be. So stay tuned. Um, but it was it was really I think the key to nonverbal prayer for me was to give up the control. Mm that I thought I knew how I was supposed to be interacting with my God because his way is always the best way and it's never what I expect. Yeah. And it wasn't until I think you and I both went through that season where we finally, we were just tired of fighting to be very, very honest because we had mourned and grieved what we had had Mm -hmm. 
and it, it for too too long and it wasn't healthy and it wasn't until we both at different points said you know what i'm done yeah. i'm done fighting it's a the book that was out some years ago that I know people like cringe when they hear it, but it was the whole who moved my cheese oh, theory. Uh-huh. Like I want my old prayer life back. Why did somebody yes. take it away when the Lord was oh. offering me this whole room full of cheese? And I love cheese. Just want everybody to know. Yes. So that's very, both of us love cheese. Both of us are not eating dairy. We're not right permitted now. <laughs> to eat dairy, but for medical reasons, I can't eat dairy. But, um, but we were so focused on what we thought, we had that we couldn't yeah. see what he was offering and for both of us who are so used to by our personality types and through life in general we are so used to being looked to as leaders and if you're in a, a project or a group you you even take if you don't even if you don't want to take the lead you find yourself in the lead because we get things done that's just <laughs> and and typically our... when you get things done it's because you're directing and you're communicating so for us to go through this season where we were forced to not be, which is funny to even say that we were leading conversations with God. Yeah, right. Like anyone does that. He's always in control. But for us to just stop and shut up mm-hmm. and listen to the ways that the Lord was wanting to speak to us that were not mm-hmm. us telling him, that yeah. was hard. Oh, yeah. Hard to do. That died a slow death. It was painful, but once we surrendered mm-hmm. to his will, it became easier. Yeah. So and it, it took yeah. It took a, at least a couple years. Right, right. I don't want you to think it it was like we we surrendered on a Tuesday and Wednesday. It was wonderful. Yeah, life it, was gravy again. No. It was and I still struggle. Oh, I told Karen before yeah. we started, I still struggle to this day with that. So, yeah, um, yeah nonverbal prayer. I never even knew that there was such a thing as nonverbal mm-hmm. prayer early in my journey. So this was a yeah. whole new experience for me. And through my master's degree and program, I had, well, I have a master's in spiritual formation. So I had to take all kinds of different classes about prayer and the different kinds of prayer and how we connect to God. And like it all was kind of woven in and through all of that. And you were able to audit that mm-hmm. a bit. And we tried every single one that you learned about. <laughs> I think we did, yeah. Um, but, Missy, you had mentioned before we mm-hmm. before we started that you would fall, you still even fall oh, asleep I sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we, I think, I don't remember if we were reading Celebration of Discipline or not in one of my classes by Richard Foster. But we had to choose, like, two um, spiritual disciplines that oh it was Haley Barton's sacred rhythms that's what we were reading I Ruth was Haley doing Barton. celebration of you discipline in my bible study and you were doing celebration yes. of discipline yeah the the sacred rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton that's a good one um so we had to pick two mm-hmm. sacred rhythms and I picked silence and solitude and so I would we still lived in the house at the time um and I would go into, like, the fourth bedroom that was sometimes my office and just, like, a catch-all at times. And I would lay on the floor. And within five minutes, I would be out. Just, mm-hmm. like, hardcore. It would take a bomb going off around me to be out. And I would wake up a half an hour or 45 minutes later 
and look around and you're like, who am it was I was in such a deep sleep that I didn't know who I was when I woke up after yeah. dying. Yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. was so weird. Mm-hmm. But first it was a an acknowledgement of how tired I was mm-hmm. just from seminary and working um, and all of the other things that I well, was Well, during that doing. time, you had seminary and you had two jobs. Maybe three at the time. Yeah. You had at least the two jobs. Yeah, at least two jobs. At least the two. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So first, I'm sure I was tired. But secondly... He was working on you. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of work happening. And I had to force myself to be still and alone. And those, and I know that sounds strange because we talked all about introversion and being alone, but like, it was hard for me to do that and be like, okay, I'm going to go lay on the floor. <laughs> It was the intentionality of it that yeah. was really hard, I yeah. think, for both of us to say, this is what I'm going to do now. Mm-hmm. And then that part of our personalities, both of us in different ways with the same result, because I would fall asleep, just like you, mm-hmm. and I still to this day at times will fall asleep, I would beat myself up about mm-hmm. it. Oh, mm-hmm. I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even stay awake. I mean, I would stay awake for I half couldn't an even hour. stay awake. And, and I remember the one. The one season of Lent, I was like, I'm just like the disciples when Jesus said, you couldn't stay awake, you know, in Gethsemane. Like, I was beating myself up with a stick that the Lord never intended me to even pick up. Yeah. So, there are times that he will do deep work within us, and we don't even know what he's doing. And that might sound a little mystical to some people like well how does that work but um but when you but when you wake up or you come out of a time where you don't even think you've heard anything from the lord but you have such clarity or you just and you have no idea where it came from right it's, yeah it's we we always God laughed and said it was a download like the lord yeah. did a download like all of us. a sudden i knew stuff that i didn't know before yeah uh, yeah so there was a lot of that going on, but even one of the things that I have been practicing for, it'll be two years in August, is centering prayer, and it is a way of being silent and kind of calming the mind and opening your heart up to God in such a way that it's really about stillness of the mind, of the heart, of the body. And eat, like just this morning, I opened my eyes and looked at my timer and it said nine minutes left. And I sit there for 20 minutes. Like it is hard for me to sit still first thing in the morning even for 20 minutes. But I have learned that forcing myself to sit there for the 20 minutes is incredibly valuable. I breathe deeper throughout the day. Things don't bother me. Like, and this is why I'm, for the foreseeable future, I will continue to do centering prayer or some form of meditation where I force myself to sit still because it makes me a better person. Yeah. It's a discipline. Yeah. And, and, you know, people can 
can associate very negative connotations to the word discipline, but discipline is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you want to use the word practice. Yeah, I mean, like you, in yoga, you know that it's practice. you know that it's good for you, even mm-hmm. though you hate it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we sacrifice from love mm-hmm. and it should be the same in our prayer life too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might be asked to go through a season or for mm-hmm. the rest of your life where there's a particular type of prayer that uh, that you're being called to. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you don't like it. Yeah. You know, I think that's something too that we're constantly seeking the low watermark mm-hmm. of comfort. <laughs> And very the low water mark. Well, I mean, really, you know, it's like, oh, what's the path of least resistance? And, yeah. you know, the Lord never said this was going to be easy cakewalk, mm-hmm. you know. So, no, prayer. He, I mean, he's yeah, not asking us to. Be, he's not asking us to be miserable, yeah. but but there's so many distractions in the world, and if you stop and think about it, you know, twenty minutes. To some people, they would say, oh, well, twenty minutes. That's not very long at all. Try it sometime. Try just sitting, breathing, and when you notice that your thoughts kind of spiral, say say a sacred word and bring them back and see if you get caught again, and then you say the sacred word and bring it back. That there's a, in one of the books, I think it's by Cynthia Bourgeau, she talks about or maybe it was for Thomas Keating, I don't remember. But there's a, a nun who was learning Centering Prayer, and she was like, oh, my, I've had 10,000 thoughts in these 20 minutes. And his response was, well, then you had 10,000 opportunities to turn back to God. Mm, that's that's a zinger. That's, that, that is some powerful truth right there, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and when you stop and think about it, why... Why do the distractions come in? Why do those thoughts pop mm-hmm. in? Because the, the, the one thing that the enemy of our world wants us to do is not have anything to do with listening to God. Yeah. So, of course, those things pop in mm-hmm. and the distractions. But that's great. Uh, uh, all those opportunities to mm-hmm. turn back. To turn back to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, center, and the purpose of centering prayer is not to hear from God or have, you know, tangible feelings from God. Like, it's really just to open yourself up and you do that through sitting and you do that through letting your thoughts go. If you have a thought, you don't get attached to it and let it drag you with it. You kind of sever that attachment with your sacred word and then you, uh, you go back and the sacred word has the intention whenever you say it of allowing God to be at work in you and, you know, to bring you back to homeostasis or, or center, whatever. And for our listeners, what are some examples of sacred words? Okay. Um, let's see. You could use Jesus. You could use love. Um, oneness. Mine happens to be gratitude, because gratitude is the antithesis of anxiety. <laughs> I went through a season where my word, and centering prayer is something that I don't do as faithfully as Karen, but 
but the Lord does catch my attention and every now and again and pulls me back. And uh, there was a whole season in my in my journey where you know my word was unity, mm. you know, and that was that was very meaningful me, mm. for me at that time. Like you know, unity with the universe, unity with my neighbors, unity mm. within my church, unity mm-hmm. within myself. Like that constant yeah. struggle. So um, I, I just didn't want any of our listeners to think, oh, well, there's an approved list. But oh, when no. but when you think about you know just what that said, sacred words, they're words that you associate with the divine. And with yeah. the connection that you want to have. And so there's an app for those of you who <laughs> of have Of course a there's phone. an app. <laughs> of course there's an app. It's by Contemplative Outreach. And it allows you to... Um, To do the timer, it has a beginning sound and an ending sound that you can pick and some other things. But... Uh, to quote my app about the four guidelines of centering prayer, it says the first is you choose a sacred word as the symbol of your intention to consent to God's presence and action within. So that's like that's me sitting. When my butt goes on my meditation pillow, that's that's my intention. And the sacred word is my reminder of that. And so before you start centering prayer, or if you have an idea of starting a centering prayer practice, practice listening, because God will give you your sacred word. Mm -hmm. Like you would not have picked unity in a million years. No. And I certainly would not have picked gratitude. No. Um, No. And that's typically when you know that you're listening to the Lord, because... He will take you to a place that you didn't even realize you needed to be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. centering prayer is a wordless or nonverbal way of prayer. Um, I always help blah blah. I have mm-hmm. always appreciated Ignatius for his imaginative prayer, um, which can you know it. Mine is often like a movie, so you I hear and see, but. Generally, I don't smell or taste. Um, I sometimes feel. But, like, in terms of touch, like, if we're talking about the senses. Um, But that is a way of receiving. And I don't know if my imaginative prayer times are unusual or not, but I always get something interesting. Okay. Can I just (laughs) give commentary for one second? I am not master's PhD level on this, I just know from what she shared with me, I do not think that what she, what Karen experiences is the norm. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Well then. That's just my interpretation. (laughs) Maybe we'll have a podcast someday where we can dig into that, but, um, but it's, it's right for you. Yes, it is right for me. I am a very visual person. And so to, for God to talk to me through, like, movies in my head is a very strong and powerful way of getting my attention. Karen's movies have subplots, <laughs> side characters, different venues, yes. like a trilogy at times. Yeah, all in. All in 20 minutes. All in 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. So, let's see, there's that. And then... Well, listening, breathing 
is a nonverbal prayer. The box prayer or the box breathing that mm-hmm. you and I have done every yes. once in a while. No, I've noticed the last time I did box breathing, it got rid of my hiccups. <laughs> Bonus. I was heading to bed and like all of a sudden I got hiccups and I haven't had hiccups since I don't know two or three years. Oh wow! And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, this is going to be annoying if I'm lying in bed and every once in a while, like every five seconds, yeah. I vibrate the bed. My body spasms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm twitching because of hiccups. So yeah, I did yeah. box breathing, which is four. Well, I do four counts in. Breathing in, and you, I count four counts hold, four counts breathing out, four counts hold. And, yeah. I'm a seven. You're a seven. I'm a seven. I didn't start out at seven, but that's Mm -hmm. where I am now. I do a seven in, hold seven out, seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's amazing how focusing on your breath is incredibly relaxing Mm -hmm. and energizing at the same time. Because it... You know, so many times during the day, we get so busy, so stressed, so many external stimulus coming at us that your breathing suffers. Mm -hmm. And when you're intentional about your breathing, you start to realize, you know, I probably hold my breath during my day-to-day more than what is healthy. And, And you might be sitting here listening to this like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Pay attention. In the next 24 hours, catch yourself. You will find, you know, if you're in traffic and you're driving, you can find yourself clenching and uh, you're not breathing. Yeah, Breathing is important. <laughs> Last yeah. time I checked, we breathing need to keep important. breathing. Yeah. But when you're intentional about your breathing, it's almost like I can visualize, and I'm much more feeling than visualizing, but it's almost as if your body responds and says, yes, this is what I need. Mm. And, and I can visualize, like, oxygen going into my body mm-hmm. and my body saying, thank you for acknowledging that I need this. And mm. it's a connection that yeah. I, I go in waves, mm. and when I get away from it and come back, I'm like, why did I get away from this? Because you do feel so much better. Yeah. And that, like, it might not sound like prayer, but it is. Like, and especially for you if it connects into your body it is well and for ones and nines on the enneagram uh circle it's we are very gut centered and body oriented but we ignore our bodies and our feelings um or can you prefer to yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a nice way of putting it you prefer to ignore them Mm -hmm. um yeah but, but yeah, just to, to get ourselves back in our bodies is such a beautiful thing. And to be loving towards our bodies, mm-hmm. you know, because there have been times where I've gotten in tune with my body only to berate myself or mm-hmm. to, to not fully embrace what God is doing through just the mm-hmm. miracle of, of the human body. You know, mm-hmm. all of these things are connections to the divine that we don't stop and realize are connections to him. Yeah. Um, so when I think of nonverbal prayer, it really is listening to him, but acknowledging that mm-hmm. everything that happens 
the way my body is made and the way that it works and the way that the universe is structured and the way that nature is, mm-hmm. that's all his hand. Yeah. So I'm just stopping to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And the stopping is the hard part. Yeah. That's the hardest part. It seems part. to be the theme here for our yeah, nonverbal prayer. Well, and, and you know, we like, have to stop. We to have to stop listen. doing, um, you know, a, a former pastor of ours from years ago used to tell me, stop focusing on doing and just be because I needed to be in constant motion always doing something and when he really really came at me hard with that you need to stop thinking about what what's your next thing to do and just be just be with the Lord that was really hard and then I was like okay well I can sit for 15 minutes you know like when you're at an event and they say let's have a moment of prayer it's never even 60 seconds. Have it's you noticed not. that? I have. People are so uncomfortable with silence. Yeah. So this is mm-hmm. not an easy practice. Oh, no. And you will, if you suffer from anxiety, sitting for five minutes, may want, you may end up wanting to peel your skin off. Uh, so just be forewarned about any kind of visceral physical reactions that you have mm-hmm. they are most likely completely normal and if you sit with them and welcome them and say you know thank you for for sharing with me your anxiety but we're okay we we can sit here for another 9 minutes and the world is not going to end like that was a conversation i had this morning I had to I had to build myself up. It was almost like, you know, <laughs> endurance athletes oh, mm-hmm. where they have to, you know, you, you have to build yourself up to oh, the yeah. long run, you know. Mm-hmm. I had to do that with sitting quietly. Yeah. Because when I first started this practice of just listening to sit, I mean, this is this is a confession that I am not proud of. For me to sit for even that 1 minute mm-hmm. was very difficult when I started. I think I started with five minutes, and that was really, really hard. And I worked my way up to 20. So please don't hear 20 minutes or 15 minutes and think, oh, that's where I need to start. If you feel led to start there, then great. You do you. Mm -hmm. But if you need to be slower than that because the, the, the brain, your brain is just still fighting you, just okay. acknowledge that your brain is just trying to protect you, mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing. Just acknowledge it, and, and like Karen said, just say, it's okay. We can trust God to get us through this, mm-hmm. so let's just try this. You know, I would yeah. have this internal dialogue with myself mm-hmm. where other people would have probably thought I was losing my mind, <laughs> but I had to build, build up to that because yeah. I was never a person that was contented to just be. Yeah. Like, if I were watching a television program, I had to be doing something while I was doing mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. I constantly had to be doing something. Um, and that has changed. Mm-hmm. Now I can rest. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. And for me, my centering prayer practice is that forced stillness. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... Sh- I. I don't wake up in the morning and be like, yeah, I get to go sit for 20 minutes and be with God. Like, instantly my brain is like, these are all the million other things that I have to do, and I would love to be doing them right out of the gate at, Mm -hmm. you know, 6 in the morning. 
but I have, I have noticed, and it is valuable, and it has become incredibly valuable to me, the person that I am when I do centering prayer, and I, I notice a, a difference. Other people might not notice a difference, but I notice a difference in terms of my internal monologue, um, my judgment scale, like when I do centering prayer, it's generally a couple notches less than if I don't. Um, so it's it's these kind of things that have really transformed me anyway into being something and someone different than I was. Yeah. I mean, aren't we all seeking to be what we're created to mm. be? Yeah. And being anxious and being judgy and being snippy, that's yeah. typically not scriptural. Yeah. So, now I'm not saying we're all placed here to be doormats either. Karen knows yeah. I've had that journey where I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't stand up for myself. You know, I shouldn't, you know, call out injustice mm -hmm. when I when I know that there's injustice. But, but even if others can't say to you, I see a difference. Guess what? The world knows that there's a difference. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this might be hard for some of our listeners to hear, but I'm going to say it. At the end of the day, what the world thinks about me or thinks about Karen or thinks about you, listener, doesn't really matter no. at all. Mm -mm. What do I feel about myself and my journey to become closer to Jesus? Mm -hmm. That's what matters. Yeah. And how is that? For me, and this is my one coming out, how is my own growth and transformation coming out so that I can affect the world? Mm -hmm. and, so, and you're right. That is your... That is my one. That is your one. It's the reformer in me. That it's, like, it's the reformer. If the internal is not creating change externally, then there is no reason for it. Right. <laughs> but that's... That's my own stuff. Other people have different... That's that's yours. Yeah. You know, and, and don't fight it. Embrace it and oh, learn yeah. how to work within mm -hmm. it. And that's where I think a lot of times we get caught up in thinking that we have to be a certain way because we mm -hmm. see someone who's different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Karen has heard me say this over the years ad nauseum, and I'm going to say it again. You know, when we start comparing ourselves to other people, you lose every mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Because we take our own insecurities, our own lackings, and we put that up against someone else's perceived strength mm -hmm. without knowing if it's really a strength that person yeah. has or not. And really, without knowing that what we are calling a weakness is mm -hmm. a weakness. We don't know. Yeah. But you compare your worst to their best yeah. every time. And it can be that way in your spiritual journey as well. Mm -hmm. The enemy mm -hmm. will find every way yeah. to, to interject those mm -hmm. doubts. So... So that's part of your personality, where yeah. my personality is not that way to where what happens to me on the inside is to help somebody else. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not wired that way. Yeah. But the end result is the same. Mm -hmm. If I am more in tune with my creator and I am more in tune with becoming who he created me to be, not a yeah. pseudo me that I think somebody mm -hmm. else does better... Yeah. Um, you know, there's a or, reason that science is the way it is, and yeah. every single person's DNA is different. different. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for that, but but when I can embrace that, 
I'm going mm-hmm. to be I'm going to be putting more positive into the into the world yeah than negative mm-hmm. yeah I've done both sides mm-hmm. and even though I'm not perfect at it and I never will be striving to be more calm and to be more in tune mm-hmm. is definitely preferred over the frenetic running anxiety ridden crazy yeah. train that I have been on <laughs> too often <laughs> in my life too often yes so there is yeah there's something to be said for stillness um but then at the same time um i don't know if you've done movement prayer but like i know a lot of people find yoga to be very prayerful and it's a way of getting in tune with ourselves and listening it's just another way of listening to our bodies and God talks to us through our bodies. So there's that. And I did Qigong for six months and that was very interesting. So there's, there's other, you don't have to be still Mm -mm. to listen to God, but it's so countercultural that I really think that it's needed. Um, Even if it's two minutes and you take seven deep breaths, and you focus on your breath for seven mm-hmm. inhales and seven exhales. There's there's so much frenzy and I've got to get mine. And what is... Oh, the whole fear of missing out that oh, people yeah. have. You know, I have a 17-year-old. And I, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those, like, well, when I was 17. <laughs> but, you know, the, the stressors on young people today are different than they were even 10 years ago. And this constant instant gratification, connectivity, what are people doing? What are they saying? Mm -hmm. Where are they going? At the end of the day, what does it matter? You know, what does it matter? Take the time. Even if you discover that a more kinetic way of nonverbal prayer is for Mm -hmm. you, through movement, you know, we've seen people who have little flags that they mm-hmm. dance and they and when they're when they're praising and they're worshiping the Lord, that's their nonverbal prayer. Whatever it is, but take the time to try yeah. to shut out the rest of the world because mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy to be deceived and think, well, what I'm pursuing is what God wants me to pursue, mm-hmm. when in actuality we are responding and reacting to all these cues that the world is sending at us. Yeah. And the only way to know for sure is to quiet all that out mm-hmm. and then yeah. know what's happening, like what's really happening here. Yeah. Cause there's, and this is a whole other episode that is probably not going to be in season three of fat ass joy enthusiast. Um, but like the cultural versus biblical, issue is what just came to mind that could be an entire season that could be an entire season um and how do we separate what is god saying to us in the midst of the bible with all of the cultural for today expectations Mm -hmm. that are in the bible and then all of the cultural expectations that are on us today yeah for today for today, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, that could be a whole. That could that be, could that could be a whole season. Yes, I think 
Well, and you can listen to the Bi- to the podcast, The Bible for Normal People. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that talks a, a lot one. about it. That is a good one. Um, but I think that's probably enough for you listeners today. <laughs> to... And can I just share that at the at the book launch, which was wonderful. I, yes. I wish that everyone could have been there. It was it was amazing. So thank um, you to Ten Thousand Villages State College for hosting was, us. They it were was, amazing. It was like. Um, it, it was like surreal for me to see Karen with her books and to see the project come from idea that so many of us planted in her years ago that we felt that there were stories that needed to come out for the world to see it come full circle. It was just, it was just amazing to see. And, um, but then also to hear some of the feedback um, mm-hmm. about the podcast, you know, was really, was really helpful um, so if you're listening, thank you for yes, listening. Thank you. And if you have ideas or suggestions or topics that Karen has covered this season, please drop her in line, mm-hmm. you know, um, send her a message, do it on the website yeah. to let us know because there are so many different angles mm-hmm. of, um, of ways that we can discuss topics and and, and so many other options of how to be a badass joy enthusiast. <laughs> because we are still learning. We are you know, still. We learning. are still learning. But I just want to to share that we did have uh, we did have a listener, a loyal listener, ask how much time we spend in the development of our outline and our <laughs> scripts, and how much time we spend editing um, yeah. the scripts before we record. And I just want to to say that we do not have an outline and we no. do not have a script. We we are just sharing with you, listener, from our heart. Mm-hmm. Because it's we know... It's a conversation that happens to be recorded. That we, we, would have, probably, we would have had this conversation anyways, yeah. even if the recorder wasn't on. And um, I just encourage you to, to just know that our heart is for transformation for others because mm-hmm. we've seen what God has been able to do in our mm-hmm. lives. And we yep. want that for others. Um, if you don't have a Karen in your life, um, you know, pray that the Lord leads you to someone. And the phone is ringing. And the phone is ringing. <laughs> We're back. The phone has stopped ringing. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that, you know, the Lord has blessed me with Karen's friendship. And she's so much more than a friend. I mean, and, to say yeah, she's my friend is, is like such an understatement. But, but please, you know. Pray for the Lord mm-hmm. to bring that other person or persons mm-hmm. into your life that you can talk about these things mm-hmm. with or to share with. And be honest and vulnerable and and struggle with together. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that neither one of us would have gotten through our dark night the mm-hmm. way that we did. Well, I needed extra help. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed you, you and my spiritual director. You did. You did. And, it was, <laughs> and it was all for the good. Um, and if you're and if you're looking at it and saying looking at your life mm-hmm. and you're saying I have this whole circle of friends and family and I have all these people but I'm just not comfortable talking mm-hmm. to them, if that is stirring in your spirit, that to me is the Lord's nudging. Mm-hmm. The spiritual direction is something that you should explore. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that I'm probably <laughs> extremely well. I'm not probably. I am extremely biased when I say this. <laughs> But I encourage you to explore, mm-hmm. even if you just talk to Karen about spiritual yep. direction, about what it is, 
And if it's determined that she would not be the right spiritual mm -hmm. director, because it has to be a fit. It does have to be a um, fit. The fit has to be right for both parties, mm -hmm. um, that she would be able to direct you to someone who mm -hmm. would be a better fit for you, or maybe it would be Karen. But I just really, really yeah. encourage you um, yeah. to seek that out. Because when this person shared, oh, I thought everything was scripted, you know, that was kind of putting the reliance upon ourselves mm -hmm. to be able to make this podcast flow and we do not we place yeah. all of our faith that the lord will guide us and yeah. he does he's mm -hmm. faithful so please yeah. just pray about that and consider that yeah and yeah pray for pray for a partner which is what i did i did too um, and look and, what we got and we yeah we got each other <laughs> and we got each other through a committee at we church did, which, which is a beautiful thing really kind of funny yeah god god can work through committees mm -hmm. although many of us hate them Yes, yeah. we depending do. on the kind of committee. Depending on the kind. Yeah. So, just be open. Yep, be open. Check out our website www.waterworksministries.org or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Waterworks Ministries. And have a wonderful and blessed day. Grace and peace.